You are listening to The Path Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. I'm talking about cigarettes. I'm talking about alcohol. I'm talking about drugs. The fourth thing that you don't want to do with your money is to invest something you don't understand. Don't invest because your friend tells you so or some salesperson, some broker tells you to invest. You know why they call a broker? Because they broker their you are. The fifth thing that you don't want to do with your money is don't loan money to friends. I've had this happen multiple times. If it's an emergency and you're helping them out, then don't expect... Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Path Podcast. Uh, Nathan here with Ak. Unfortunately, uh, Tani can't be with us today. He's on vacation, traveling around. He might call in at some point, so we'll, uh, we might get a call, but don't hold your breath. But... Uh, one thing I would like to say that he didn't mention in his list there of our opener, he didn't say don't buy bikes. Right, right. So I mean, buying at... buying bikes won't make you broker than, <laughs> than me or <laughs> broker than your broker, broker than your broker. And uh, I actually think Tony might be mountain biking right now. <laughs> I know, which is a good thing, <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, Instagram, lots of important things. What not to spend your money on. But he didn't say don't buy bikes. Don't buy bikes. So right. buy bikes. Buy bikes. Um, <laughs> do you know why they call them brokers? Because <laughs> they're, they're broker broker than you. Than you. <laughs> oh, no. I don't like that. You know, there's a there's a really cool documentary. I personally really enjoy it. Um, it's on Netflix. It it kind of spun up a while ago, um, but it's called Betting on Zero. And it follows Bill Ackman. And Bill Ackman uh, is a managing partner at a hedge fund. I think it's Pershing Square Capital. And uh, he's you know big big player on Wall Street and does all these moves. And uh, he, he got in this big short position to uh, go after um, Herbalife. Mm. And Herbalife is a multi-level marketing, you know, not just some, you know, tons of Amway or whatever. Right, it's structured right. the same way. And uh, Herbalife is like shakes and nutrition products and all sorts of stuff. And uh, basically, Bill Ackman got in this position where he's like, oh, I'm going to drive down Herbalife. And, and uh, you know, he did all this research to show that they were a scam. But, yeah, it's super interesting. Cool. If you get a chance, watch that documentary. Um, I really enjoyed it. Might be a little long in the tooth on Netflix these days. But uh, pretty enjoyable if you're not a fan of multi-level marketing. Now, if you sell Herbalife and you really like it, probably don't watch that. It might offend you. <laughs> Or maybe watch it. Or maybe watch it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and and switch to Slim Flast and call it a day. I don't know. <laughs> it was funny. There, there was one guy on. Uh, I'll, I'll give away a little bit. One guy, it's like he got into this, opened all these nutrition clubs, and he realized it was like a scam. He's like, well, what can I do? And he's, he changed them all into vape clubs. <laughs> oh man. It's <laughs> like okay, it works. I guess that works. Yeah. So. uh Ak is going to give you what's what's new. What's new. What's new in news. What's new in the news. That's right. So um, shout out. Thanks to Val for, for giving us the in, uh, inside line dun dun dun, on, um, <laughs> on some of the news here locally. So let's see. Locally, uh, maybe even not so just locally, but regionally. Over the Hump. Uh, it's actually, uh, what is that, eight, eight race series. That's broken into two sets of, of four races uh, with a month break in the middle of it during summertime, uh, starting up again next Tuesday. So that's uh, it's going to start up the 23rd of 23rd, July. 23rd, yeah. Right? We're recording this on Tuesday, July 
16th. So yeah, seven days from now, from our recording day. Yeah. So even if this, maybe this doesn't get posted by next Tuesday, but uh, it's, you've got four more, uh, four more races. <laughs> it's really crowded out there. I mean, I shouldn't say crowded, but there's a lot of people racing. So I, I like to call over the hump mountain bike CrossFit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, it's once a week. Class starts at six. <laughs> right. You know, you got to go to the box, right? <laughs> right. And you got to, what's the wad? Oh, is that what they call it? Workout right? of the day, oh, the yes, wad. The that's, wad. That's the CrossFit term. So it's mm. maybe it's the rod, the race of the day. I, I don't exactly. know. Race course of the day. RCOD, RCOD. Yep, yep. Uh, yep. But yeah, I, I love over the hump. I, I love it in principle, not in practice, but I do love it in principle. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you can go get schooled at... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> at class, right? You yeah. go to class and get schooled. Oh man, I I get shelled every time I go. Oh my gosh, I I and this is something that I realized about myself. So I I've, I've been doing a little bit of running, and um, it really snapped into focus the other day. Is uh, you know I've been running with coworkers because like you know I have a lot of coworkers and not everybody can mountain bike and it's good socialization, a little exercise and. Um, and we run like nine minute miles, nine and a half minute miles. And then I, I went and did a 5K. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you put a checkered flag in front of oh, me yeah. at a start time. I did like 7.15. Nice, dude. Yeah, yeah. I got like... 21, four, like a 22 and a half or something like that? Uh, yeah, it's like 23 and change. So nice. maybe, maybe my count's yeah, yeah, a little... 3.2. Yeah, something or like 3. that. 3.1 miles, yeah. So. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, That's 23 awesome. and change. And uh, I got like... It was just like a little community one. It was at Baker Ranch, which right. is like a new development in our foothill area here. And uh, yeah, I got like oh sixth overall. I was like, whoa. So I guess the point is, um, I personally find it really hard to max myself out. But if I go race. to a race or even over the hump, you'll I'll, I'll turn myself inside out yeah. and then actually get a good workout in, yeah. which... I'm starting to realize is probably the magic of CrossFit. <laughs> it's a little competition every time. Wow, that, that's that's a good time, dude. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I was pretty. I was really surprised. And uh, my girlfriend's brother was there, and she's like, "He's getting really fast." I was like, "Hmm, <laughs> challenge." <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, she knew what it would get you started. <laughs> I know, I know. It was it was pretty fun. I I, I really enjoyed it. I surprisingly in, enjoyed it. Wow. So. Uh, but I don't run like that otherwise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not exactly. a chance. <laughs> well, the nine, nine and a half, that's a, that's a good pace, actually. Yeah, I mean... Uh, for I a can, person of a certain age. For, yeah, I know. I'm getting, getting <laughs> up there. Long in the tooth. Right. <laughs> no, that's great. Keep it up. Keep it up. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, speaking of which, I'm going to... Um, yeah, I'm going to spend a week running. Um, it'll be kind of interesting. Like a training camp? Yeah. Nice. For, for high schoolers. Oh, wow. <laughs> for cross-country high schoolers. Right, 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 right. So, so gonna, I be, guess this is the season. I always see yeah. the kid, the cross-country kids running in the summer. Yeah, so I'm going to be running a week straight with, with the kids. Are they training? So is this a, what do they call it, a fall sport? So are they training for fall Correct. school season? Correct. Got it. Okay. So uh, I'll, be, I'll be playing sweeper. Nice. Yeah, so it's good times. Kind of like I do when I go race over the hump. <laughs> <laughs> nice that'll be fun so you guys going somewhere good uh, like somewhere g- different yeah we're gonna go to mammoth whoa yeah nice so yeah. okay so if you're training at mammoth it's high elevation so my understanding with training at elevation is um 
you'll if you stay up there long enough, you will get kind of the blood doping effect, right? Your body will start to build Correct. up. But it takes like three weeks. Yeah, a week is not enough. But do you? But you do recover slower. So is there anything that I do to recover better? Yeah, like because it's hard to recover mm-hmm. at sleeping at that elevation, working out at that elevation. I, I think I really pay attention to. So I've done this before. I really pay attention to uh, recovery, recovery stretches, and mm. you know, um, I'll sit in right, wrong, or indifferent. Maybe it's anecdotal, and maybe it's just mental. But um, sitting in the sitting in the local streams right after the run, it's akin to like an ice bath, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Which so, is cold up there. The yeah, water's cold. Yeah, so sit there for maybe twenty minutes um, with the team or with whatever, and nice. Um, and then in the evenings, go through kind of the recovery stretches again. So rolling, stretching, hip flexors, right. you know, taking care of your shins, taking care of your feet, um, and then icing anything that feels a little bit stiff. At what point can everybody pitch in 20 bucks for a masseuse for the week? Yeah, Like an in-house exactly. masseuse. Oh, man. So, uh, and so then it's, for me, it's a matter of, of surviving, Right. right. So as yeah. long as I don't break, you know, yeah. I don't tear something, pull something, then I'll, yeah. I'll probably be able to manage. Nice. Oh, that sounds fun. Good yeah, location. It yeah, it's a great location. Are you going to take a bike? I am. Nice. I'm not sure how much riding, uh, riding I'll get done. Pink Bike posted this week that the uh, the trails from the top are now open. Yeah. Although I saw, I saw a picture that there's still snow at the top. Yeah. So I think you're riding out onto snow, and then it tapers out pretty quickly. Right, 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 right. I think still think there's like three feet of packed snow at the peak of the <laughs> Atlanta, so. Well, if my mega tower ever gets here. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually. Exactly. Eventually. Exactly. But uh, no, I'm actually going to take the trance. Nice. And um, maybe some of you have seen the Instagram posts. I I had a 2018 Pike, and it had a Charger 2 damper with, uh, and it was um, it was a 51 51 millimeter offset. And so oh, what right. I did is I bought the reduced uh, reduced offset uh, CSU, which is for the uninitiated. That's Crown Steer Upper Upper, which is like the pressed together assembly. Right. So. I did that uh, hypercharger ninety seven. That's the new push damper um, cartridge, the sh- quote shimless damper cartridge from Push, and 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 the ACS three coil. Okay. So what's do you know what retail is on that kit? So the hypercharger two, I think, is like two two. It's either two ninety seven or two fifty. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. Um, and then the ACS three coil, I think, ends up being four three fifty four all in with the coil and the. Do you kit. do you happen to know before after weights? Let's see. I think you gain depending on the spring weight. Oh right, yeah, thickness of the you gain wire. three three quarter to a uh, three quarter to a pound. Three quarter to a pound. That... So it's yeah. it's a decent. It's a it, it is a decent amount of weight that you put on your bike, right? But it becomes buttery smooth, and that small bump sensitivity is correct. Pretty nuts. Yeah, we we were talking about this earlier. I I was saying like, I think with the modern pike, which call it not 
we we've discussed this before. It's not first generation Pike, but like the first thirty five millimeter expansion. Yeah, right. That's when I I used to be in love with coil everything, mm-hmm. and then once that fork came out, I was like, oh, okay, well this is good enough. And I haven't quite been motivated to go the coil way. I, I did experiment with the MRP coil forks, which didn't feel like enough of a difference to mm-hmm. me. But I, I guess I haven't jumped. I I'll have to kind of spin your bike around and try that fork for a hot minute yeah i'm gonna i'm i'm the same way you know um you know i've I've had the acs coil kits on the fox this is my first pike that i've had this on okay Uh, i've had it on the 36s the the more modern 36s right and they're really nice yeah the 36 without it is really nice too Right. Yeah. You know. The modern the modern hard hitting air forks and even the like even those Fox rhythm forks, like mm. the base model Fox forks feel amazing. They feel great. Yeah. Though the only one I think maybe I got one that wasn't so great was it was the one below it was like I forget if it was a revelation or something like that. It was a thirty five millimeter it was like the Pike chassis. But the simple damper, I got it on my Smuggler when I first got it. It was like their entry-level fork. That one didn't feel so great, but I also lazily never serviced it. Mm, right. <laughs> so it probably just needed a basic service, and it would have felt great. It right. just felt a little sticky, right. but I was or, just lazy about it. Or you could just get the the, the damper side, try putting in a new damper. Or maybe, yeah. I don't know, is it the damper or the air spring? I sometimes, you know, sometimes it could be an alignment of the bushings and the lowers and the uppers or something, but that's pretty rare. I think Fox maybe had a run of issues with that mm, back in right. the day, like in 32 millimeter, like 150, 32 millimeter right, exactly, days. Exactly. But um, it probably was sitting in a box forever in a day, and right. I threw it on the bike and rode it in dusty stuff and never, right. never took care of it. Right. And was just lazy about it. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And if I took the time and put fresh oil in it and put those, I'm I'm a big fan of those SKF seals because they're green and they look cool. Yeah. Um. I but I also think SKF probably knows how to make low friction seals seals mm-hmm. for anything, sliding bearings, turning bearings, whatever. So. Um. So yeah, did we uh did we kind of skip by some of the news? Is there anything else we should have? Yeah, so on to the second second thing of news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Coming so, back. So some more of uh, some more events uh, that are going on. Uh, Downeyville first weekend in August. Yeah, I'm in theory going. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, oh, nice. I'm signed up. I me and me and my buddy signed up. Um, all mountain. All all mountain. Ooh. All mountain, bro. Nice. Where are you staying? Uh, I think we called in a favor and found some parking or some driveway space oh, nice. and some emergency bathroom privileges if needed. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> AKA we waited till the last minute. Exactly. And, uh, thank God I have a van, <laughs> 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 which I mean, we we're going to stay in the van anyway, but, uh, as far as finding a place to park it, um, kind of drug our feet on that. Nice. So, um, so you're staying on the on the you're, you're staying on the street, huh? Uh, we're staying. Uh, no, we're staying. So the race ends in Downeyville, but it starts up in a town that's like a half hour drive away called Sierra City. Mm. And so I think the house we're staying at 
the driveway of the house we're staying at is in, is Sierra, in City. Sierra City. Oh, awesome. Um, so they'll probably I'm it's I'm going with just my buddy, so it's kind of a kind of turned into a dude's trip. Um, so I'm sure there'll be some hitchhiking and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> so right. we're impromptu shuttling. Yeah, we're we're just going to kind of wing it and make it happen. I think that's just kind of how Downeyville rolls. Right. You know, you finish the race and your car's at the top and how are you going to get to the top? Well, there's a lot of people going up. Someone will give you a ride. Right, right. Awesome. Well, you'll have to fill us in on that. That's uh Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. So other other stuff that's going on, Sky Park Bike Fest, August 9th through 11th. Oh, that's right. Okay. We don't see it on their website first. Uh, we don't see it on their website yet, but um, Jackie at Sky Park says it's happening. Yeah. So should be lots of activity, probably lots of bikes um, yeah. to, to demo and try. Yeah, that'd I, be cool. I still haven't been. Dios mio, man. Yeah. So, I uh, I was I was there uh, Saturday. Oh, nice. Very we we just spent a couple hours there because we got passes. So. Right, right, right. How long of a drive is that? Uh, you know, I if I'm trying to sell you on going, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you it's like a hair over an hour. If I'm going to be realistic, it's an hour thirty. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's a proper hour thirty. Um, you can it's almost doesn't matter if you go up the three thirty or the eighteen. Um. But yeah, it's uh, and I am finding that Saturdays are getting a bit crowded, so uh, it's getting a little tight up there. It's not bad; it's still pedal up bike park, but uh, they're selling they're selling some attendance. Nice. Well, it's cool to see that that's uh, that's uh, successful. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. It's a it's a pretty awesome case study, and I think the potential future of mountain biking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's see. Uh, California Enduro Series number th- four and e- ooh, EWS number seven. That, yeah, that's North the Tahoe Star. one. Yeah. yeah, the North Star one. August 23rd to 25th. I have very fond memories of North Star. That I haven't been to. I need to go to North Star. It's a really fun place to ride. Yeah. I'd like to revisit it. So, so those are kind of the events. Ooh, new stuff at the shop. Oh, yeah. What's new? So... We were talking about this too. Um, who who is the demographic for the the SRAM Axis upgrade kit? Oh yeah, they finally. So yeah, when Axis first came out, it was like you can. It's all or nothing. You're buying the kit or you're getting none of it. But now yeah, you can so, buy the the bits. Yeah, you used to have to buy the crank, the chain, cassette, cassette derailleur, shifter. Yeah, it was what two thousand bucks for I all think that. So yeah, something like that. So now you can buy um you can buy the upgrade kit which is the shifter, the derailleur, a battery and a charger for $1000. Sweet. It's sweet. It's kind of spendy. Right, but but you can if weight is not your main driver, mm-hmm. you can you know push your way and like get an NX cassette on a regular Shimano driver right. and like you can as long as you have some kind of 12 speed cassette you can you can run it. So so who do you think this is who do you think the market is on for this? 
you know, I, I we were talking about this a little bit before the show, but I, I'm a little. I feel like it's. I feel like it's the guy who's going to buy a GX bike and maybe wants to upgrade it. Sure. Like, so you're spending like, say, five thousand dollars. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, those are like forty-five, four to five for yeah. a GX bike. Sure, sure. And uh, then you you ride it, and you're like, man, I'd like to upgrade this. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the place for it. See, I was kind of saying, I was kind of thinking, maybe this is the person who has spent two to three thousand dollars on a bike. Say you got it that that really cool uh, Trans Two with the NX Eagle. So you're saying an NX NX, NX level e, NX level aluminum bike, right? And so, and you're really getting into mountain biking, and you realize, hmm, man, I'd like to upgrade this thing. Yeah. And so, but where do I want to? Where do I upgrade? And yeah. so, for a thousand dollars, you could have a you could have an Axis, essentially an Axis Eagle bike. Hmm. I mean. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, there's you know, the the Axis Reserve Mega Tower is ten thousand dollars. Right. Yeah, that's what we were saying. Is like if if for some reason the electronic shifting experience is something that you want, um, like right that, now. Yeah, like if you want that, but you don't want carbon wheels and a whole bunch of other stuff that kind of typically gets packaged in with right. that and a you know, $500 super lightweight cassette and carbon factory, fiber cranks. The factory fork instead of the... Fa- all that stuff. If you're like, no, no, I want minimal, you know, <laughs> as Tim Ferriss would say, minimum effective dose. <laughs> uh, and you and you feel like electric shifting is your jam, then maybe that's the kit. Now, I, I, I'm i a little bit... Just, just throw the shout out. Archer. Archer. <laughs> it's always an option. I... I'm a big fan of the adaptability of the Archer. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, oh, Thanks. and quick update. Last sure. time for the Archer shifter, I was mentioning I had the light action shifter, and mm-hmm. I was abs- accidentally double bumping a lot of shifters. I got the um, s- the firm shifter, and that that did the trick for me. That nice. feels a lot because you were tr- you were kind of hypothesizing that it would. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it seems to work great. Um I still really like it. My eleven speed shifts better than it ever did because I was able to independently tune the shifts. Nice. Um I I like it. It's I I just like I, I like super adaptable stuff and I, I'm I'm pretty stoked with it. I like tinkering with it. Um I did run out the battery on the sh- the shifter part i guess i guess it's kind of a misnomer there's the shifter or the remote maybe i should call it the remote mm-hmm. which is like the shifter right quote unquote right, right? right exactly i ran that out on the trail the other day and it went to its like safety gear and i was like oh what, what happened so <laughs> i just but in all fairness i never charged it from when i even got it uh, so I've been, yeah, you I've just put running, it on <laughs> i've been running it for months and i was like oh, i'll get around to charging it apparently <laughs> <laughs> I eventually had to charge it. So it had enough charge for a few months just out of the box. Awesome. Um, But yeah. Archer shifter. Yep. I kind of like it. But it's, but that SRAM stuff has a, you know, there's refining to it. And the shifter, the one thing I'm still getting used to the ergonomics of the shifter of a side by side button versus like an upper and a lower, you know, that I've been, I've spent a lot of years on a shift configuration and this Mm -hmm. is not exactly that. 
And you know so, what's interesting is I was riding with Tawny the other day, and he had mentioned to me now that he's been riding the the axis shifting. Regular shifting feels weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine so. Well, I remember feeling like the DI two stuff, and um, the DI two stuff was uh, it has a very distinct like shifter feel to it. Mm, right. Like they, I think they. Sp- put a lot of effort to try to replicate right kind of the style i mean i think sram just maybe they were intentionally moving away from that yeah maybe maybe i i think it's pretty cool you know and also eliminating all the cables because your new mega tower is going to be full access right yeah yeah yeah, I think one of the things you're going to notice is like just minimal it's a single speed you look down and you see single speed yeah (laughs) You know, you're not going to see, you haven't seen that few cables in a long in a time. a long time. I did get an E-verb. Oh. It's, that's on just the trance as well. Yeah, just oh, a, you did? It did. Nice. You know, but unfortunately, I have dwarfism in my legs. Uh-huh. And I bought the 170. Oh, you did, can't cart. get away with it? Man. It's like, it's probably less than 10 millimeters. Oh, wow. And I've got the seat, like, I got the seat moved forward. Yeah. Like to the middle of the rails. I normally have it all the way back. I got the seat moved yeah. to the middle of the rails. I have my seat tilted down, angled down more than most people. Oh, I'm going to have to cut you off. Tani is calling in. Nice. Let's see if we can make this work. Tani, you there? So we're going to take it. A- oh, <laughs> hey, Tani. Hey, okay. Tani. So we're, we're going to take a break from talking about fully hilting my, my 170 seat post into my trance, uh, my Evo. Oof. <laughs> And we're going to talk to uh, a call, a special caller, first time caller, long time podcaster. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, Tawny's calling us from uh, Ashland, Oregon. I'm in Ashland. Nice. I just completed a shuttle mission on Mount Ashland. Ooh. That's awesome. Share, it was sweet. Share, share, share if you would. So I was I uh, I was driving north on the five. And I pulled over at a rest stop and I was looking at Ashland Mountain Adventures and I saw they had a six o'clock shuttle and it was looking like I was going to roll into Ashland around 4.50 or 4.30. So I called up Ashland Mountain Adventures and they had room on the shuttle. So I jumped on and rode with a local guy named Pat who helped me. I mean, basically it was cool because he showed me all the little local lines and like, I didn't have to think twice at any turns. I just followed him, and that was cool. So shout-out to Pat, Ashland local. Nice. And uh, it, it was rad. Nice little sunset mission. Awesome. If you haven't ridden Ashland, have you, have either of you guys ridden Ashland before? No. No, I, I haven't. So, you know, from the town of Ashland, you drive up to the ski resort, which is on Mount Ashland. And I want to say... I don't know the exact numbers, but I want to say it's like four or 5,000 feet of descending with like maybe like 600 feet of climbing. Oh, nice. And um, we did a trail called Offshoot at the top, which is like steep and slidey and loose. And then the rest was like mostly fast and kind of flowy. Some jump lines. Jabberwocky is super fun at the end. And like there's a lot of speed. Like compared to our local stuff, there's like this... Like, you're going fast for, you know, the better part of 40 minutes or something, you know? 
That's sweet. It's kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's definitely been a shortcoming that, like, I guess growing up and learning to ride in Southern California is everything. It's we get tight and technical so quickly, or brushy, where you can't really really open it up that often. So this is in the trees, some clay, some loam, some really loose, some really hard pack. But the theme that for me is like, wow, like I th- it seems like the speeds are the, like the natural speeds of the trail are high, mm. which is cool. But yeah. I think it, like I was thought, like Pat, the local, he was, he knew the lines and he was used to it. And like, I could stay with him for a few turns. And then it was like, you, it, like you're going like legit fast and like one little bobble and you're off pace, you know? Right. Oh, wow. So. That's cool. How, how far over the border is Ashland? Not far. Like, it's an hour or so north of Weed, California. Okay. And Weed's like a border town almost. Okay. Nice. And you're you're on your way up to see your family in Eugene? Yeah. Sweet. Actually, I'm, yeah, I'm going to stay see with them for a couple of days, and then I'm going to do Mountain Bike Oregon in Oak Ridge. Oh, okay. Awesome. That, so. That's cool. Yeah, Oak Ridge is the year that I did Trans-Cascadia. That's kind of the general general area we're gonna ride probably most of the same trails you did on transcat picture transcascadia with no clock on and i think that's sort of what's going on yeah and maybe less pedaling right i think i don't think like they're gonna just mostly i mean there's still plenty of pedaling on the descents right but there's no voluntary three thousand foot climbs i don't think (laughs) yeah nice yeah that's um it's kind of out of Springfield, like Springfield's like the bordering town of Eugene. And like, I feel like Oak Ridge is like closer to Springfield. So from Eugene slash Spring, uh, you know, Springfield is kind of like a little North of Eugene and Oak Ridge is like East of both of them. Okay. I felt like I went through Springfield to get to Oak Ridge from Eugene. Is that sound right? No. Oh, okay. Not the way I go. You- the way I go, you go out on like, um, what is it, the eighteenth Street? Through, anyway, whatever whatever street goes out through the north north side of town, out onto the five, okay, and then you jump onto the five south for just a second, and then you jump on like, is it the eighty? Something goes east out to Oak Ridge, and it's like fifty minutes on a two lane highway. It's, it's a really nice drive. And what's that? What's that river that everybody pronounces wrong? Is it the Umpqua? No, or the, is it the? Uh, I think it's Mackenzie. The, the the Willamette or Willamette? Willam Willamette. Willamette. That's yeah. Mm. Everybody reads it says Willamette or Willamette or Willamette. something. The Willamette River. Yeah. Yeah. So. So beautiful. Mount- trees are nice to be up in the trees. Cool, man. So this mountain bike Oregon uh, event, is that a, a dealer event or is that just a... Um... It's a consumer event, but um, Gravity Cartel, which is Spank and IXS, and I think something else kind of invited me up. Nice. So I'm coming as a guest of Gravity Cartel. Shout out to Spank and IXS. We're in IXS knee pads right now. 
<laughs> love them. My favorite knee pads ever. They have a Gastroc strap. <laughs> That's right. right. From Nathan. That's right. <laughs> it's the Gastroc strap. <laughs> Someone came into the shop the other day talking Gastroc. <laughs> nice. <Pretty> stoked. <laughs> That's Nathan true. is spreading knowledge through the world through the podcast. It's it's the only part of your leg that tapers the other way. So why not strap onto that? <laughs> My pads don't slip at all. I've had so many different knee pads, and these are by far the best. <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. Sounds like a Forrest Gump ad for a ping pong paddle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I don't know what accent that is that you were doing on the last podcast, Doc, but I'm not comfortable trying to do it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, cool. So you're you're riding your your Mega Tower. Your is it pink fry sauce? Yeah. Yep. And I brought an extra rear wheel for the experiment. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna run the twenty seven five rear? Well I'm run I ran twenty nine today. Okay. But um I brought an extra rear wheel. I think for sure for bike park I'm gonna run the twenty seven and a half rear wheel. Oh, sweet. Or or at least try it. Yeah. My buddy Chris up in Hollywood, he came and rode Laguna with me the other Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And um we're going down some trail and uh um the artist whatever i don't know right. so we're we're going down this trail and he ate it and he got he was riding his mega tower and he got his um junk caught in the tire like ooh oh down in between the tire and the seat Six. tube ooh. ooh not fun yeah he texted me later about how um his nuts were still a little tingly, and I texted back that I had just been wondering about his nuts at that time. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, nuts. <laughs> nice. So, but uh, he's, he's been running the 27.5 on the back of his Mega, and uh, pretty sweet Land Cruiser with a snorkel just drove by on the dirt road I'm sitting on the side of drinking a beer. I think I heard it. I heard nice. it. Nice. That's rad. <laughs> Uh, so you've been logging some time on the Axis stuff. How are you liking it? Okay, so my latest takeaway on Axis is, and I think this is a really positive comment, is I noticed that I shift. I'm going to go like the like a, from the seat of the pants estimate that I shift 30% more. Oh, nice. And I think. There's a couple of things going into that, but I think in general it comes down to the kind of um, subconscious economics of shifting and 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 the gives and and, and you know mm. the downsides of shifting. In other words, I trust it to go into gear more, right? And it takes significantly less effort and motion on my part, so my wrist stays in position. And I think on a subconscious level, there's this constant, like, is it worth shifting conversation going on that I hadn't even been thinking about that I was having with myself for a long time because oh, it was yeah. kind of happening. It's like just a program that's kind of running in the periphery, you know? Right. And um, I noticed that. So the way I have that access set up, 
my grip on the bar stays exactly the same for both shifts and and it's exactly the same for breaking and like at no point does my grip on the bar adjust for shifting or breaking which i've never had that before i don't think that for me i don't think that's possible with regular shifters Mm. there's too much range of motion especially on the shift into you know climbing your gears right in, I, in order to kind of reach back and grab that lever, I have to I have to kind of get out of my natural grip position for sure. Okay. I can definitely set it up so that I don't have to lose any position for the other shift on like a regular SRAM shifter. Nice. But but I also feel like there's there's a lot more trust of the shift and the accurate and the. Um, is it accurate, accuracy or precision? Um, <laughs> probably, probably both like, in that case. Both, yeah, exactly. maybe. Um, so between between that, between trusting the shift more and and, and also shifting better under load and um, less eff- less physical force and effort and less like motion and range of motion and less being out of position on the grips in wrist position, I feel like I end up shifting significantly more, which I I don't think, I don't think I would have seen that coming. I would have had to maybe think about it a lot to even hypothesize that. Mm. And I think it's the highest compliment I could give a shifting system now that I, now that I realize that I'm doing it. Yeah. Like that I use it more. I've, uh, I've, I think I'm about a month or so on that Archer system. And I, I think I might be, I might notice the same phenomenon. The like, I'm a little bit more apt to click off a shift because it's now, as far as the grip position, I wouldn't, maybe I haven't found the right position or, you know, the ergonomics of the shifter aren't quite there, but I, I do notice I am shifting more. And um, yeah, there's something about like you maybe just not, conveying the mechanical wear and tear and mechanical friction directly to your hands. So you don't think about it as much or something like that. Yeah. I mean, over the course of a ride, I wonder like what percentage of a watt or how many watts we spend shifting just with our thumbs. You know, I remember talking to Brendan. Even with clean cables and housing and looped. I remember talking to Brendan a little bit and, and he had a little bit of a, of kind of a gripe saying, you know, mountain bike, especially in the racing environment, supposed to be a human powered endeavor. And to a certain extent, this is doing some of the work for you by a electronic system. Um, now, obviously the racing bodies haven't, haven't felt that way. I'm sure someone had the argument somewhere, but um, that, that was something that he brought up is like, yeah, you're actually, you're, I mean, it does take some energy to push that lever. And it for sure does, and especially if your cable's even a little bit dry or dirty. Yeah. But even if it's not... Maybe it's more of the mental... The wrong but... generation of Shimano. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, man, that, that old, like, nine-speed setup, man, when it got dirty, it was crazy hard to fire off shifts with that thing. They would just right. go go totally Mm. sideways you almost had to have bike mechanic thumbs (laughs) (laughs) i know and it worked so good when it was clean because it had that crazy like two to one leverage ratio but man got a little bit of dirt in it and like that leverage ratio could work against you too (laughs) Mm. as it was pretty wild but yeah Mm. the the new stuff seems a lot more sensitive but i i 
because I've been running the 11 speed Shimano stuff and that stuff does wear on you. I, I've recently gone back to 11 speed SRAM on a lot of my bikes and um, it it feels the, that lighter action makes a big difference. It's, well, to me, it's a much more ergonomic. So on the SRAM, on the SRAM trigger shifter systems, the shift into a faster, into like a taller gear or a faster gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Releasing um, cable. It's very ergonomic. Like your, your wrist does not have to, if you have it set up how I like it, your wrist stays in perfect position while you hit right. that. Yeah. And I really like that for like gravity type riding because you can be firing off shifts like in full attack position without compromising yourself. Right. As you like go faster and faster. Yeah. But if you want to like grab a climbing gear, you for sure like have to reach back and get out of position on all of them. Right. Where with the AXS, you just, your fingers in the same spot as that normal SRAM upshift and you just rock it the other way. Oh, okay. Nice. Any commentary on the dropper post? Other than that, I, it has a shorter overall length, and it's the first one I've been able to run a 170. Um, well, that, and it has a nice return rate, fast but not too fast. Right. Um, I did reset it once already, so I guess it's cool that it can be reset. Okay. Um, um, are you, so since you're on the road trip, are you taking your batteries off when you're traveling? So, um, I took one off and charged it and the other I left on. I have the bike strapped down really good. I have this theory that because it's not bouncing, it's not going to activate as much. And so far I think that's true. Does, do both batteries activate by motion or just the shifter? I think both. Okay. Huh. But I'm not certain. That's interesting. Anyway, I would have thought they would have had my, the system. My work. derailleur battery was in there for 800 miles, and it's still working. Oh, okay. And oh, it still cool. shows good. But I have, I have a spare battery in my backpack, so that's charged in my pack. So that gives me a little extra confidence on like just running it and not pulling it out for travel and stuff. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Especially because um, I charged one for while I was driving. <coughs> did you bring... So I know for sure I have two good ones. <clears throat> did you bring a kickback saddle on a straight post for bike park days? Ah, that's mm-hmm. a good idea, but I didn't. But you know how easy it is to kick back the saddle on the AXS. Oh, that's right. It's a single bolt. <laughs> you don't yeah. even have to lose the fore aft. I know. Oh, I love the decoupled adjustment. Uh, mm. I think that's that's one of my biggest... Uh, things I like about like just in principle I I haven't sprung from an ox you you guys both have them but I, I haven't mm-hmm. gotten one yet I haven't been I don't think I can fully I think the 170 uh, e-verb is too long for my for my um, trance uh, shim it and put it in a Santa Cruz yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> yep um, and and you know what like I don't love the idea of having a seat post shim and I know 
that it kind of turns a lot of people off the idea of having a seatpost shim, but I will vouch for seatpost shims. Well, yeah, especially the 30.9 to the 30. It's, I mean, it's super thin. Pretty small. Yeah. But they work great. Like in general, seatpost shims work great. Yeah. They tend not to creak or cause problems or anything. Yeah. I I guess the theoretical thing that I was always worried about is it didn't apply the load over the whole area and you could potentially crack the frame. But you guys have never seen that at the shop. Well, I think the key is that the, if the seat post shim is around the minimum insertion that you would use on the frame, on a given frame, yeah, which is usually down to like past the middle of the top tube. Right. Give or take, or may, on some frames, maybe less frames that have like a tall seat mass tower thing, maybe a little like four or five inches, right? Yeah. So, like, I think if the shim is about that length, I think it's okay. And also, I've never spoken, I've asked a lot of kind of warranty departments and service departments, like, hey, is this, is it going to avoid the warranty to run a shim, seat post shim? Is, do you guys endorse this? And it's always been, there's never been a, I cannot think of a single time where any representative of any brand said, don't run a seat post gym in my bike. Huh? Well, and you know, the other, another thing you could do if it, let's say you are super paranoid about it, which I might fall into this category at some point, just buy two of them. And one of them just cut the flange off and stack it right underneath the other one. And then you get double the support surface. So just buy one, just trim the, you know, take a hacksaw and trim the, uh, trim the flange off one of them and super glue it to your seat post just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i I would say that's necessary but you could probably just slide it in there it'll stay in position and and just give you a little extra support if you're paranoid about it but it sounds like it'd be it's a completely unnecessary concern there's something about that solution that raises my blood pressure I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> it feels it feels like one of those things that's going to be like you thought you were doing. So you thought you were helping yourself, and you made your, something worse. I, I think it could. <laughs> it, it's not clamped in position in that lower spot, so it could like slip down or something like that. But yeah, I uh, a, yeah. I uh, I agree. It it, might... it also reminds me of a bushing, and I've had gen- in general bad luck with like doing bushing insertions and sizings and depth depth things. Right. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think you might be right on that. Uh, well, cool, man. Well, uh, what, uh, what, what tires do you end up picking to, for your road trip? Oh, good, good question. So I, I'm running the stock tires on the mega tire, which I don't think we've talked about this tire or maybe we have, it's the EXO plus. The ass guy, right? Have we talked about that. No, it's minion. I for some reason I I was looking at the spec the other day, and I think they're specking EXO plus ass guy tires. Maybe mine came with minions. Okay, but I and and I don't think we had seen this spec in the shop yet when I got them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is the the, the minion twenty nine EXO plus two five rear two four or two five front two four rear. Um, and it, what is the EXO plus? It's like a little it, it's, inner protective it's, lining. Yeah, I think it's in, it's positioned in between the EXO and the double down. But as far as the TPI and things like that, and, and like dual ply, single ply, that kind of thing, I 
I'm ashamed to say I don't know the exact details on it, but it's closer to an EXO. It adds like 40 or 50 grams to an EXO. Okay, so it's probably a 60 TPI single ply with another something special. I think it's an EXO with some sort of flat protective, rip protective, lightweight layer. Got it. That okay. I think is pretty flexible and malleable. Whereas a double down is a dual on ply the, 120 on the. Tw- 27 and a half rear wheel that I brought. Uh-huh. I brought it I put a 25 DHF double down. Uh, oh, okay. Right. Have you run double downs yet? I let's see. So the one time I can truly remember that I rode double downs was when I was in Moab with Santa Cruz and I ended up having to ride someone's personal bike because they ran out of bikes and it had double down it had double down aggressor on the back and a double down dhf on the front i'm uh i'm curious what you feel about that casing because i i feel like there's something to a, uh, you know it's dual ply but it's 120 and i i feel like there's something with the compliance of the 120 that might be there so i i'd say Maybe pay, you you tend to be more attuned to tires than I am, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, when, everything you just said to me like kind of pencils out like like it all goes with my understanding of tire wisdom, in, in, like that. In other words, higher higher thread counts being more compliant, and 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 in general, when up until the time when you fold the tire or blast through it into the rim compliance is good yeah oh you got you guys want to hear a funny story so by my uh my friend and co-worker he uh he bought my um sentinel from me my uh my transition sentinel um because i sold that thinking poles would be delivered when they said they would but you know that's a different story so uh Anyway, he went and raced the Shasta Enduro this last weekend. And when I sold him the bike, I sold him with uh, 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 Snakeskin. I'm sorry, which Enduro? The Shasta, the California Enduro Series at Mount Shasta. I didn't know they did an Enduro there. Yeah, I think it might be the first year they did it. Um, so it sounded like it was pretty rough, pretty rowdy. And he was. And when I sold him the bike, I sold him, I put uh, Snakeskin Magic Marys on it because he was going to ride it you know, not just at bike park and stuff, but I knew he wanted to do some races. So I said, Hey, I've got these, um, DH ask guy tires. I'm like, I probably am not going to run these for a while. They'll probably dry out and just sit in my garage for the next year. I was like, if you want these. So I sold them those two. And, uh, so we went to the race and, uh, he's like, yeah, should I put those heavier tires? I was like, yeah, it's a long way. And it could be a Rocky race. Put those on. Well, we didn't talk about kind of pressure compensation Mm -hmm. for thicker wall tires and he's like man yeah those tires they just felt really like harsh and i was like well what did you run in those he's like well you know i read the sidewall and said 35 to 50 pounds (laughs) he was running he was used to running like 25 pounds in like a snakeskin magic mary and he ran 40 pounds in a what? DH casing ass guy. And he's like, yeah, it rode really harsh. I was like, yeah, yeah. it did. <laughs> oh, man. I felt so bad for him. I was like, dude, why didn't you call me? Yeah, and, I would uh, say kind of as a rough rule of thumb, I would run four to eight PSI less in, 
in a double ply tire than in like a right so level tire <laughs> yeah i was like of dude, the you same sh- you know everything else being the same i was like dude you should have been at like 20 to 25 pounds max <laughs> yeah. right and uh Oh, I felt so bad. I was like, you ran away. He's like, I put 40 in those things. Oh, man. I was like, oh, my God. They were like bricks. <laughs> oh, I felt so bad. So you- the moral of the story is uh, casing changes your pressure yeah. a lot. <laughs> so I, I, I did some uh, internet sleuthing, and would you like to hear some of the tire features on the XO Plus casing? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so it's got 120 TPI. Oh, it is 120. Yeah, 120 TPI. It's got um, that extra flap protection or whatever sidewall protection is the uh, silk shield. Their oh, silk shield technology. That's from the roadie tires. Yeah. So it's like um, probably like a Kevlar, yeah, Kevlar lining. Something like that. So here's some more. Whatever stuff. it is, I think it has more yield than most of those types of linings. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And, you know, it has 27% increase in puncture protection. Woo. 27%. Love that percentage. It's got a 51% increase in sidewall durability. Love it. 51%. 51. Not insignificant. Mm-hmm. And it has a 28% increase in pinch flat resistance. Boom. 28%. 28. It is Those about, are numbers. Those are, <laughs> those are numbers. <laughs> those, those I love are it. digits. Okay, so uh, they are about 80 grams heavier per tire. Ooh. Another number. Another number. Are you sure? Well, I mean, maybe it depends on the tire. Yeah, they said, well, they said claimed weights uh, on the exact tires that you had mentioned. DHF um, DHF 2.5 on a 29er is at 1,075 grams. And on the rear, the 29 by 2.4 is 1,010 claimed. No wonder my bike weighs 32 and pounds and change, and it's hard for me to climb it. Yeah. I should have brought some XC tires. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe an XR4. Yeah, I saw It, it reminds me Bonte of a XR4. Quote from Biggs. From Big, Biggs is a customer. That's his nickname. Back in the day, he, he, this is this is via Carl and and up in Big Bear. Biggs and Shimada are like looking around. One, something, someone goes by with like an XC bike and Biggs is like, this is no place for XC, man. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, that stuck, of course. And Carl and I probably said that in the shop, you know, maybe 600,000 times <laughs> or so. <laughs> you kind of, what you do is you kind of look down and you kind of like shake your head a little bit. And then you just be like, this is no, no place, place for XC, XC man. <laughs> <laughs> nice i like it that that should be i feel like that should be pink bike slogan or you, it could be a pretty good t-shirt yeah for sure but we would have to give biggs a royalty because we're men of honor and biggs is biggs <laughs> biggs biggs will come into the bike shop and he puts like he'll lay a forearm on the counter and he'll get his legs way back and like lean his like put his head like on his forearm like it's been a really long day or something He'll kind of look around and, like, let's just say what he wants is tire plugs that day. He'll kind of get down there and look around. Hey, man, you guys got any tire plugs? (laughs) 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 And to clarify, Biggs is a normal-looking person, 
with like a corporate name badge hanging from his retractable little thing. <laughs> oh, I love it. So I, I, I'm curious because I am one of those, Toddy. Do, the, the name badge on the retractor hooked to your dockers, is, is that, that's a thing. And those customers come in after five o'clock. Or at lunchtime. Or at lunchtime. Lunchtime or after five o'clock only. Do you, do you right. tuck your badge in your back pocket? I'm a rebel at work. I don't display my badge. I put it in my wallet. You know what, though, too? Like some, it's, I think it's all, it all depends because some of them, you know, sometimes they get every, like every other Friday off like someone we know. Or, ah, right. um, or you know, like the boss likes to do some. You know, like you got off early one day recently. Like you never know when someone's going to get like uh, when the, you know, the, uh, the the crew is going to get unleashed early. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> the khakis are coming. The khakis are coming. <laughs> the polo shirts. <laughs> oh, man. You, is, there, is there a particular one when you have the, the company logoed polo shirt tucked into said khakis? Oh, that, I don't know. That that typically indicates you work in some time some part of the sales force, mm, right? It's uh yeah. It's tough selling to a seller. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I can tell you when when there's a holiday weekend coming up, typically we get a we get a half day before the long weekend. Oh, so that's that, right. Yeah, typically, even typically that's that's department. That's department by department. Ooh. But uh, yeah, we typically get the. Uh, the walk around from the from the VP going, hey, hey guys, head on home, head on home, and then uh, yeah, off to the. Is bike there shop. a lot of like gratitude expected or like shows of shows of appreciation and relief? Uh, or are you supposed to be like a little bit disappointed? Like, well, I was really hoping to be um, hundred at one hundred and fifty percent of my productivity today. Still, <laughs> uh, I I usually say thanks with some gusto even though he does it every single time and you, at that point you're like yeah why did it take you so long to come over here come uh-huh. on it's, it's about that time <laughs> wait, wait wait so so do people come in an hour late on the days before a holiday yeah it is kind of funny so one day um Along those lines, virtually never happens at at a at a utility where you know VP comes around and cuts you loose early. Virtually right. never happens. So I used to come into work at six thirty because uh-huh. they they would let us come in uh, kind of a little more flexible. So I would come in at six thirty in the morning instead of six. Instead of no, instead of like seven thirty or eight. No, flexible as in you can come in whatever time you want as long as it's before this time. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Like you can't come in any later than like eight thirty, but you could come in as early as like but you as, can as, leave as, then yeah, correspond then you just leave. adjust your date. Right. Leave, leave We're flexible as long as it's flexible in our favor. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so um so I would come in at six thirty just because that tends to be the right time for me. And um so one year walks around you know gm walks around and is like hey you guys can cut loose and this is at like you know at like one or two in the afternoon on christmas eve yeah (laughs) exactly exactly and so people were like oh cool we get to go home a few hours early i was like 
you guys get to go home a few hours early. I'm at the end of my day. <laughs> you know, I worked a full day. <laughs> I'm coming in at eight thirty next time. <laughs> Mental note. Mental note. Coming in at eight thirty on these days. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, I I feel oh, that might really disturb the leadership algorithm, though. <laughs> I know. Well, so now, now you're gaming the system. Exactly. Like so it, so uh, everything's <laughs> fine until you're gaming the system, and then nothing's fine. Well, exactly. So someone, you know. They, um, there were people who were gaming the system who would come in at six thirty, and you know it takes a few rotten apples. A couple of people would come in early at six thirty and basically do no work until eight o'clock when their boss rolled in. Dude, I I see that. I've worked at enough places. That's a really common thing. And then I never even thought about that, you know. And yeah. so, uh, oh so, yeah, a so, lot of them do that. So now, so now we have flexibility in our start time. As right. long as it's between seven and eight. So uh, here's the thing. Here's one of my opinions company wide. About that. Sorry, sorry, company wide. Yeah. Right. Go ahead. So here's what I think. I think those people are lowering their own job satisfaction. I and here's so here's the underlying theory about why. So to me, killing time is the ultimate punishment. Like make me kill time. Right. So, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, they're totally. punishing themselves. They're punishing themselves. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't. I don't disagree. But I have seen that that phenomenon that Ox talking about. I've seen that a lot. Like, and uh, it's quite often the people who live farther away in traffic in Southern California. That's people who live in like the Inland Empire, mm-hmm. and so they try to dodge traffic, but they come early and then they leave early. And my gripe too is. Um, a lot of times, shit's hitting the fan right at about, about three they're, o'clock. They're getting ready to leave, yeah. <laughs> right, and they have a hard out because they gotta they gotta hit traffic. They That's gotta right. hit traffic, you That's know. Right. So That's it's right. uh, well, I think. And to your point, those same people between if they roll in at six or whatever, uh, up until everybody up else is there and up and rolling, which could be as late as nine o'clock. Yeah, not a lot was getting done. Yeah. So, so. what size tires would you say these people run? <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the early le- they might be on on two two five still <laughs> two They're ones behind the times <laughs> twenty six by two oh. twenty six by two two <laughs> twenty six two two those are big twenty six by hey they're working just fine for me okay <laughs> twenty six by two Larson TTs yeah that's all you need man that's all you need I I don't know why you guys buy these expensive gloves I get the Walmart work gloves they work just fine man work just fine. <laughs> <laughs> The, the it works just fine argument. That's also similar to the my mom did that and I turned out okay <laughs> argument. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Work, works just fine, bro. I I don't know, man. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> dude, they got tech sheet tech tech shirts at Walmart, dude. <laughs> and not that there's anything wrong with Walmart. I like the Walton boys. They build trails. Oh, I we went to Walmart today and thought about you, Nathan. Nice. Boston, I bought stuff. I was a patron, patronizing, um, enjoying the natural fauna. Um, <laughs> Wait, were you patronizing or were you? I was part of the <laughs> ecosystem. I was inside the ecosystem. I was, what, I was, yeah, for a while there, I was functioning as part of the Walmart ecosystem. <laughs> I was an integral part of the ecosystem, man. <laughs> I, was, I was seeing and being seen and, and you know, purchasing and, and shopping, interacting with the staff. Nice. It was pretty good. Are you, it, are, was al- it was almost as good as like uh, 
uh, world star Facebook videos. <laughs> <laughs> but That's did, awesome. Did, but did you camp in the in the parking lot? It, well, this I didn't. I slept at a truck stop, but this particular ended like a full half day of work at the said truck stop too in my van <laughs> with coffee and everything. Sweet. But I can I can grind coffee and heat hot water in my van now, which is pretty sweet. Mm. So like French press, no problem without having to fire up like the propane stove or anything. Oh, awesome! Nice. Are you using a jet boil? Just like a little. Um, I found I it took a little digging, but found just like an electric kettle oh, that okay. had less than a thousand watts, which is uh, okay. my requirement. Nice. Mm-hmm. Or up to a thousand watts, so. You know, I, speaking of truck stops, I have found I've, you know, I've done the Walmart parking thing a few times in the van, but I don't know if it's just the Walmarts that I've parked at or what, but they apparently hire their parking lot cleaning crew with like the trash Zamboni and the, and the leaf blowers at like three in the morning. And I'm like two for two on this. So I'm sticking to the truck stops. Trash Zamboni and the leaf blowers at three the in the morning. trash Zamboni and the leaf blowers at three in the morning. One of them I, I, parked out they like contracted the tree trimmers to start at like between two and four because all right so favorite truck stops on the five in california um do you guys want me to go first yeah Yeah. well i mean other than loves and flying jays because i i like loves and flying jays my my favorite truck stops are I have a real affinity, and it's weird because by then you're either not that far from home or pretty close to home. But I have an affinity for the truck stop um, at Gorman. Mm. Oh, yeah, that one's good. Well, and, like, if you're going to, like, sometimes you, like, just don't want to fight through L.A. traffic at 11 o'clock at night. It's better to just sleep there. And it's a nice truck stop, and it's cool because it's at elevation. Mm. So I like that one, and also it's not real close to the freeway, so it's pretty quiet. So my 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 favorite is to go into into Hungry Valley, into the OHV park, and you can roll. The gates are always open. You can roll in, and then if you leave in the morning, when the guy's there, they just charge you ten bucks for camping for the night. Oh, I'll do that next time, and maybe ride my dirt bike around a little. Yeah, you can you can enter the park at any hour, and uh, then you're you're I completely away from the highway and stuff. So. Are there bathrooms in there? There are. They're they're pit toilets, but they're they're nice. They're like yeah. you know forest service style, like you know yeah. concrete enclosure and all that. So the one north of Sacramento with all of the eucalyptus trees is pretty nice. Mm. Oh, nice. Um, and w- all of them are pretty cool once you get up into the wooded part of you know up into the Siskiyous and North. Right. Yeah. There's a real nice one. Just like at overlooking Lake Shasta. Oh, okay. Have you done the showers? The like where you pay for the shower at the truck stop? Because I hear they're really nice, actually. Like if you pay ha- for a proper I shower. I'm that weirdo who will like. You know what I'll do? I'll get some of those like sports wipe things and just do that. I've I've heard the showers at the truck stop. Um, I was watching a YouTube video. I haven't done it yet, and I I wasn't sure what to expect. But I've heard what I'm hearing is that the shower truck stops are like a private bathroom, heated towels, like the whole nine yards. Wow, I I just worry about like I'm I don't know like athlete's foot or something. I maybe I'm 
I'm hearing bad that vibes. Yeah, could could be, could be. <laughs> no, it's probably great in there. I'm also just not that clean of a person. <laughs> well, if you ever feel like a shower, I'm hearing good things about the loves and the flying jays. Nice. Uh, nice. Pilot, I think Pilot's another truck stop chain. So yeah, lots of good stuff at the truck stops. Ways to van life. Yep. I think I'm, I think they're going to let me sleep at in the parking lot of Ashland Mountain Adventures tonight. I think if you shuttle with them, you can sleep in your van in Ashland Ashland Mountain Adventures Ooh, nice. if you don't cer- find better accommodations. I would certainly hope so. <laughs> That's what they told me. I don't know if it's official or, or not. Nice. It's probably, it's probably it. pretty pretty official. It seemed pretty official. Yeah. They seem they're a cool outfit. Um, do you want to give us a seven seventeen dollars? I think it was for a shuttle. Oh my god! Totally, reason- totally reasonable for. I mean, like, I think the winning times of the Super D, which is pretty much what I just rode back when it was a Super D in twenty ten, were like under just under like fifty minutes. Mm-hmm. Wow! So like, it's a good amount of riding. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, akin to the downhill. Most people downhill. were over, well over an hour, you know, like expert time. Most of the experts were in the hour plus zone from what I remember. Oh, okay. Sweet. Um, do you want to give us a quick rundown of your recent van upgrades? Yeah. So I have this really cool customer who owns an RV repair place and it kind of it waited till they had some slow time and wanted to do a little trade for some bike stuff. And I got... They put so they put um, a giant solar like a like a residential solar panel on the top, little L brackets off um, lifted about an inch off the roof, and a ceiling that that drives. Um, a, I think it's a Blue Sky controller that goes into a closed bat like it's a battery that you can have no fumes, you know, sealed right. battery. Right. Yeah. That's under the passenger seat. And then there's an inverter, 1,000-watt inverter mounted to the passenger seat. And that also powers some a, a few different USB chargers in the back. And also, or the, actually, the USB chargers are straight off the battery. And there's also, like, a, a, a wire straight off the battery for the little fridge freezer thing. That's, like, top door one style. And then... Um, they put insulation in combination of like um, RV style um, like fibers and that like fiberglass type stuff or whatever it is it with then like some of this I forget what it's called but it's like it looks like styrofoam with like a UV protectant on one side right okay um, combined with um some areas most of that also has a layer of uh reflectix mm-hmm. and then um and then paneling okay and an exhaust fa- a vent fan on the ceiling oh nice those are that i i've really enjoyed mine on my van that that makes, it a, makes a huge difference. difference yeah it was like sev- high 70s low 80s and i was in the sun and with the insulation and the vent fan i'm like comfortably doing work in my van nice and yeah it's pretty cool and 
so I have like a platform bed for my van on rails on like 90 degree angle, um, angle iron type thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, but that's out right now. Cause I wanted, cause that's for when my family's in there and I wanted to be able to walk around on there. And so my, I bought like a little REI, like, like tent cot thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. That folds up real easy. And it's like, it's not like the one that, um, that I have. We had we had did a huddle up around and got working. We had that one time. It's a <laughs> lot like yeah. it's real quick to unfold it and fold right. it, right. and yeah. it's a little higher, and so like tons of luggage gets stored underneath it. Oh, and I just cool. st- strapped it into place with like basic moto type straps. Super ba- super straightforward. Super good solution. I I put like a little folding, like four inch memory foam thing on top of it just to make it super comfortable. But right. you don't have to do that. Nice. I've seen those, and I've been tempted to buy two or three of those. The cots? Yeah, the ones that Tawny's talking about. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's like 30 seconds, folds up. It. So, like, yeah, so, like, if later in the trip I have want to, like, say, shuttle with the crew, I could fold that up real quick and fit a bunch of more people and bikes back there. Right. Oh, that's sweet. <clears throat> that's a good idea. Yeah, it's almost like the size of a... Um, like one of those fold-up beach chairs that folds into like a squ- uh, a square. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I almost yeah, yeah. had duty. Cust- yeah, it's super sweet. It it totally answered a bunch of my questions real easy right. for seventy bucks, and it's awesome. Right, because you could have had. You were almost going to say you're going to have um, duty weld you a, a, a bed frame. Right, and that wouldn't have folded up. Right. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah. I've been very tempted on that on that cot thing because the one I saw also has a, a little shade that goes over the top of it. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. I was like, man, I could, I would take that thing in my backyard and sleep on it. Oh, you nice. can move into that. <laughs> you can literally move in. <laughs> Karen would be like, where'd I go? <laughs> well, he got a cot and he moved into it. It's just real. It's not, it's not personal. It's just real nice in there. <laughs> On really hot nights, I think out, outside is going to be way cooler. As I've been, I know this is starting to warm up here. We're yeah, starting to get into proper yeah. summer. It's just there. a nice cot. Yeah. Going to try that. <laughs> nice. I wonder if we're going to get a lot of mosquitoes, though. Yeah, you can. It's possible. But you know, when we did that in Sedona, when I did that in Sedona, I didn't get any bugs. Oh yeah, well we were out in the desert, kind of yeah. off season too. So yeah. Um, so back to the van thing real quick. Oh, yeah. My little fridge freezer thing, it's got, it, you can set, it's set divided into two sides and you can set both sides. So it's kind of, if you want, one side can be a freezer. Yeah. It'll go for like two and a half days, three days with no char- no charge. And then oh, wow. it'll charge back up all the way in like a good day of sunlight. Whoa, oh, that's awesome. Nice. Is it a Dometic? Is that the brand? It's or? not, but it's similar to one of those. Okay. Or it's not like I the ARB or something is. like that. It, this was all part of like one of those things, you know, like the, the guy had was going to do an RV, who's going to do a van conversion, and then he didn't. He had all this stuff lying around that he wanted to get rid of and wanted to, he uh, wanted a bike. And, got it. Okay. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, you were... Didn't exactly a la carte pick everything. It was like, hey, I got no, this stuff. But it was also the person who did it was pretty pretty uh, meticulous about stuff and had bought it for themselves. So. Oh, okay. Awesome. What what little research I did to kind of like 
um, spot check the quality was it all checked out nice so that's awesome yeah because your van was pretty basic before right i mean uh, super basic yeah basic <laughs> well <laughs> it wasn't well, it, it wasn't... just it just it had no insulation it had no vent fan it hadn't yeah it had some kind of, some panels that were kind of so-so right these panels are a lot better cleaner whatever that's awesome executed. Do do you notice a noise difference when you're driving down the highway? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and they we they built these. They insulated the wheel wells, which I think maybe makes the biggest difference on the noise. And okay. then they um, built these boxes around them, so it's kind of like a little shelf or table, and it's right below the USB port. And then there's like a little cubby hole inside the box that's like that has you know um stuff can't just slide out of it because it's only a whole like a cubby to get in there it's not it's not a door but it's also not fully open right okay so more, more like little a pla- yeah places to stuff stuff yeah nice very cool Man, well the, the fridge freezer sounds really awesome yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, not I, stopping for ice every day, every couple of days is sweet. And not having your like, not having your like whatever thing that you didn't want soggy getting down into the ice mm-hmm. is sweet. Yeah, I I do the frozen gallon water bottles, so mm-hmm. I like freeze the gallon, which you got to think a few days ahead because it takes like three days to freeze a whole gallon. Right. Yeah. And uh, I would just have a rotation of those going. Yeah, and and those will last me like. I think up to like four days. Yeah. But it, like Tony's going to be on the road for a while once those are so out. So it depends then... a lot how hot it is. Yeah. And it also depends a lot how much you're going into it. Yeah. I think the opening and closing of the cooler makes a big difference. So I would say four days is not going into it too, very like that much. In other words, you're not drinking a bunch of beers and you're not a family. Right. Like every beer takes like probably an hour off its life or something. Right? Like, <laughs> right. Nice. So the lesson is drink multiple beers at one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm, but I'm, also, when you're on the road for multiple days, eventually you have to just buy ice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's cool. That's that's probably going to be a big convenience changer having that electric cooler. Oh yeah, it already is. That's and sweet. it just changes the nature of. You can just like throw some produce in there. It's not like in a cooler. It's just gonna get weird. Yeah, yeah. And it's probably a more consistent cooling too, because cooler it's like the stuff at the bottom is really cold. The stuff at the top is like it's questionably cold. And oh yeah, you don't. You never know if you have some. You have some meat in a cooler for three days. Mm-hmm, like you got to make sure that stays close to the the frozen yeah, part. Smell it three times before you eat it. Yeah. So here's the other thing: is um, preloading your cooler with the with the ice. Uh huh. Um, I pre cooled my cooler with a couple gallon blocks of ice. Oh, okay. And when I when I went on my trip. Uh huh. Um, I think my block ice again. I had four gallons of ice in my cooler. Right. Um, lasted lasted for. Admittedly, by day five, it was like mostly there was still some good ice in a couple of the um, 
the gallon, the gallon jugs. jugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think hey, fellas, yep. the sun is starting to go, and I've got a little two and a half mile ride through town, and I don't have lights, so I think I'm going to cut out. Okay, dude. Well, thanks for calling in, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, catch up with you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Have All a right, great Tommy. night. Take I, care. See ya. Listeners, have a good one. Happy trails. <laughs> Love the bike you ride. <laughs> thanks, Tony. Bye. So that was cool. Yeah, Tony was able to call in. <laughs> that was awesome. Talk about his van, talk about his bike. I guess truly he wasn't first-time caller, long-time podcaster. I, I think he's called in before. That's yeah. right. <laughs> But this was really effective. I mean, the, yeah. the FaceTime, um, yeah, FaceTime audio. Well, we had to turn off for a little bit because uh, we had some technical challenges, but we got it. We kind of got it sorted. Um, but yeah, actually, you know what? Listeners, if, <laughs> if any of the listeners know of a way to take an iPhone, a modern iPhone that only has a lightning port, and have something that breaks it out into a mic, uh, audio in and an audio out, because I can't find it for not, the life of me. But I, it's not just audio because it's it's the it's the phone call audio. Yeah, the iPhone is a weird beast. Mm-hmm. It like does something. I've had nothing but trouble trying to break out the signals out of an iPhone. And I've tried on old iPhones and new iPhones through the three or four years we've been doing this podcast. Um, but if anybody knows of a product that you plug into a lightning port and then there's a mic and a headphones, and you can make a phone call and plug into the two. I can't seem to figure that out for the life of me. Having a heck of a time. If you do happen to know, hit me up on Instagram, Nathan Heronin on Instagram. Would really appreciate it. <laughs> help help point me in the direction of a product that might uh, might work for that. But. Awesome. Uh, so should we hit, like, the fifth item on news? Sure. Let's <laughs> I'm <ride>. kidding. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not kidding, but... Um, I mean, oh yeah! Did we miss we miss something? Okay, I mean, we'll, literally, we'll, the, we'll call this the news show. Yeah, we'll we'll fi- <laughs> we'll finish up the news show. All right, so um, yeah, a couple things actually. Th- these are really interesting. Uh, Shred and Stretch Ride um, is coming to the path uh, Saturday, July twenty seventh. So that's in a couple weeks in Laguna slash El Moro at eight thirty a.m. Basically, it's a Ride a lap of lizards and fence line and stretch out with 55 minutes of yoga at Coastal Peak Park afterwards with RYT 200 instructor Val Vanderpool. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Val, um, so Val of the shop who does all our social media and events and stuff, she got her yoga. She is certified. RYT 200. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's quite difficult to get this. So she's a certified yoga instructor now. So. Uh yeah, that's I, so, pretty awesome. So it sounds like you meet up at the Coastal Peak Park, and then you ride. You do the loop of lizards, and then fence line, and then back up to the back up to the park. So you're starting yeah. at the at the top part. And the park is really cool. Overlooks the coast. Yeah. Um. So that sounds like a cool like combination of of things. Yeah. So if you're interested, hit up hit up the shop. And uh, check out the website, all that stuff. Shred and Stretch, July twenty July twenty seventh at eight thirty. Yeah. Another interesting thing is um, it's called the Dirty Road Ride. So it's ah, August twenty fourth. Right. Tawny's going to lead it. Location and time are still to be determined, but the Dirty Road Ride. Yeah. And it's going to be combination dirt gravel. A dual sport ride. A dual sport ride. And I don't know, you know, maybe knowing Tawny in the path, 
might get a little rowdy on the, you know, yeah, on the dirty part. So, so keep your ears posted, uh, ears and eyes um, attuned. Check out the website. So nice. those are a couple of cool, um, cool rides coming up. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, is that actually all the news now? You want me to keep going? Is there more? <laughs> There's more. Oh, jeez. I okay. think what's funny is that we really have made a whole show. I know. <laughs> I know. We just filled it in the middle. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, let's see. A lot of regular rides going on, uh, and then ooh, and I don't know. Maybe we in how long? How long are we into this? Uh, we're like an hour twenty-five. Nice. So, should we um, maybe end on the save the date for the Paths end of summer sale Sunday, September twenty-second? Yeah, I think that's probably a good note to end on. Yeah, Sunday, September 22nd. More info to follow via all the channels above. Yeah. Um, Yeah, again, if you have questions, email us at podcast at thepathbikeshop.com. You can hit any of us up on Instagram. Uh, Ock is eoc, right, on Uh, Instagram? Yeah, eoc. On, on Instagram, uh, I'm Nathan Heronin on Instagram. Um, actually, a lot of people have been sending me questions on Instagram, and that's actually probably the easiest. I I tend to answer those the most immediately for whatever reason. Um, but uh, thanks for reaching out, and thanks for the good comments, and um, hope you all are enjoying the show and keep listening, all that stuff. Come visit the shop, say hi, and I think I think you I, should send us out. All right, from Nathan. And Auk and Tani remotely saying, love the bike you ride.